0: on christmas day i found myself laying in my bed unable to move because my back had gone out i had this big idea that it would be great to get all of my family together and we would create like a norman rockwell painting moment where it'd be this sweet moment of everybody getting along and it would be fantastic unfortunately what i'd forgotten about was that my family has a lot of drama and so as i was getting ready for this christmas dinner where all of our family was going to be together i found myself being very anxious and the anxiety i was feeling manifested itself in my back and i uh, it went out and i literally um, could not stand and so i found myself laying in bed trying to get better regretting the christmas that was to come uh, fortunately i was able to take some ibuprofen and get over it and the dinner turned out okay but that isn't necessarily the case for people that suffer from chronic anxiety and depression. It can, The Christmas season especially can be really challenging for those who suffer. Uh, they live like this every day, and worse, for them, that doesn't go away. It just doesn't get better. And I've seen the impact of anxiety and depression on my family. All of my immediate family have suffered from anxiety and depression, or both, in some degree. And I've seen how they can lead to each other, and they tend to turn our worlds upside down. It feels like there's nothing you can do, there's nothing to hold on to, and you're just lost. Today, I'm here to hopefully share some hope from the Bible for those of you who suffer and those who uh, want to help those who suffer. Um, My main point is very simple. There is hope for the poor in spirit. What I want to do is give you three kind of handholds that, if you're suffering or coming alongside with someone who is suffering, that you can hold on to. Uh, We'll call them like hope holds uh, as we go along. So the first one is that God is with you. Now, in Matthew chapter five through seven, Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount. And although much of our current society's ethics and morality are based on these three chapters, It was and still is revolutionary. And I think if we were to carefully read it today, you will see familiar themes, but you'll also be challenged by how far Jesus pushes them. And he kicks things off with the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are a way for Jesus to take what we think and we know and turn it upside down. Beatitudes is simply the Latin word that means the state of blessedness. And so if you look in your Bibles, in Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to be reading from the message starting in verse 3. So the the first beatitude is this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. So this first beatitude is for people that are at the end of their rope. The NIV translates it as Blessed are the poor in spirit. Many people who suffer from anxiety and depression connect with this verse. As Jesus turns things upside down, he elevates those who are suffering. And in so doing, he says, he is with them. As we talk about anxiety and depression, we're going to unpack a few myths this morning. So the first one is this if you just get right with God, you won't have anxiety or depression. And that is simply just not true. We have um, made the mistake quite often of identifying uh, depression and anxiety as a spiritual problem when they're actually a medical condition. Now, I want to be really clear. It is not bad or sinful to experience depression or anxiety. You don't experience depression and anxiety because God is punishing you. You don't um, experience uh, depression and anxiety because you've done something wrong. This includes those of you who are coming alongside people that have depression and anxiety. You are not going through this because of something you did wrong. So our first handhold is that God is with you. Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount by saying how important those are to him that are poor in spirit. The NIV actually says that they will inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying that people who suffer are his people. It is they who will make up his kingdom. God is with you, maybe even more so than with those who are not poor in spirit. Listen to this verse. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Our first handhold is to know that God is with you. Our second is to know that others are with you. Isolation is one of the biggest causes of anxiety and depression. And our Beatitudes are going to speak to that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, where it says in the message, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. When we feel loss, we need others to get through it. We need others to bring us comfort. The NIV says that will be the result for the people that experienced loss. They will be comforted. We need others for this to happen, but today, loneliness is at epidemic levels. Isolation is one of the biggest contributors to anxiety and depression. The quarantine caused an explosion of this, especially among our young people. And we are still feeling the effects of this PTSD-like impact that COVID has had on us. And social media, which we are all so addicted to, makes it only worse, especially again for our teens. Social media promises to connect us, but it actually leaves those with depression and anxiety feeling worse. And there are many more coping mechanisms that we churn to that in the end just make things worse. Many attempt to self medicate with things like alcohol, drugs, pornography and gaveling. Like social media, they give us a short-lived boost, but it doesn't last long. It just demands more of us, driving us deeper into anxiety and depression. Self-harm is another coping mechanism some turn to because it gives them a measure of control. This includes cutting, eating disorders, and of course, suicide. Let's pause and talk about suicide for a moment. The students that are among us are in extra danger of suicide due to their impulsive nature. A recent study actually says that 20% of students seriously considered attempting suicide in the last year. When they narrowed that down to ninth grade girls, the number jumped to 27%. That's more than a quarter of our ninth grade girls have seriously considered suicide in the past year. This is a massive problem where literally lives are at stake, and we need to turn this around. And so let's look at another myth around anxiety and depression, and that is that anxiety and depression are signs of weakness and should be hidden. When my son Duncan was 17, he attempted suicide. Uh, We had gotten into an argument, and I went downstairs a little while later. I heard a bump, and when I ran upstairs, I found him on the floor next to a chair with a belt around his neck. He had no memory of what had happened. It was scary, and it was traumatic. And I'll tell you, the last thing that I wanted was for others to find out about what had happened. But he needed help, and we needed help. And I found it knowing that many others are going through the same thing. So our handhold here that we're talking about is knowing that others are also suffering. Let's look at Psalm 147 together. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. It says this, My enemy has chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. Come quickly lord and answer me for my depression deepens don't turn away from me or i will die this was written by david a person who is known as being after god's own heart he was the king of israel's one of the greatest leaders and prophets of the bible and yet he clearly suffered from depression this is not something new it's not weird or out of the ordinary And so if you or someone you know suffers from depression or anxiety, I want you to know that you are not alone. Others are with you, including me. This leads really carefully and clearly into my third handhold. The first one was to know that God is with you. The second one is to know that others are with you. Um, But this third one is um, to talk about anxiety and depression. Like I shared in my story a moment ago, my pride almost kept me from knowing that others around me were also suffering. My pride almost kept me from talking to others about the experience that we have, we had. But I, what I've learned is that humility is what opens the door for us to talk about anxiety and depression. Let's return to Matthew chapter 5 and look at one more beatitude. So verse 5 tells us this, You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. The NRSV version of this verse tells us that blessed are those who are humble. They will be given the earth. Our culture, I believe, worships strength, and because of that, we see anxiety and depression as weakness that needs to be hidden. This only encourages the problem, and we can only get and give help when we swallow our pride and humbly and openly talk about this problem. This is, of course, true for people that are suffering or are trying to help people who are suffering, but it's true for those who are not suffering as well. The more we talk about anxiety and depression openly and in general, the more the people that are suffering will feel the free to talk about it as well. So our handhold, our third handhold is this, talk about it. Parents, I want to encourage you to talk to your children about depression and anxiety, especially if you feel like they might be suffering from it. And kids, I want to encourage you to also reach out to and talk to your parents. I know that it's hard to see that your parents are there for you when you're going through those kind of struggles, but trust me, they are. But I also want to encourage you to talk to your professional. I want you to get professional help if symptoms of depression or anxiety are lasting more than two weeks in your experience. And I encourage you to do so the earlier, the better, because our health care systems are full right now. Um, but counseling and medication are worth the cost. And I know that you can get help from this church. They have people to recommend, and they can help you with the, the financial costs that are associated if you need it. So don't let that hold you back from getting the help that you need. And this leads me to my last myth that I want to address and that is that antidepressants are bad, that they will change your personality and you'll be stuck with them forever. Now, my daughter, Ella, was in high school when COVID came and it hit her hard. Um, that The isolation she experienced along with the pressure she faced in high school were enormous and she developed anxiety. She developed an anxiety disorder that grew and grew until it kept her from sleeping. It took away her motivation and it changed her personality. Uh, For over a year, she resisted taking medications to help because of some of the fears that she experienced due to my son Duncan's experience. Um, So she suffered clear through her transition into college. It actually even got worse there. But through the help of a counselor, last year she decided to go ahead and go on Prozac. And it has helped so much. It has made a huge impact on our life. And I literally feel like I've gotten my daughter back because of that help that she got. So I want to encourage you if you or someone you love is suffering from depression or anxiety, remember that God is with you, that you're not alone, and that you need to talk about it to those that can help. And I know this sounds cliche, but the truth is that the best person to reach out to and talk to is God Himself. Philippians 4 6 tells us this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I hope that we'll all be able to experience that peace, especially those of us who are suffering with anxiety and depression. I want you to know you can hold on to the knowledge that God is with you, that others are with you, and you can talk about what you are going through with family, friends, professionals, and God. And I know that when suffering, it often feels like God is far away. It can be very difficult to reach out to Him, but I want you to know that He is near, and He is reaching out to you. Just because you don't feel Him does not mean He isn't near. In fact he's nearer to you than to many others because of your suffering. Lately, a challenge that I've been facing and found it really hard to deal with, in large part because I feel like in our culture, we're not very good at expressing difficult and strong emotions. And uh, my mother, who is is having a hard time, she's um, older and she has uh, dementia and a lot of physical problems. And when I visit her after that time, I feel usually like like a real profound sadness. And in those moments, I struggle to know what to do with those feelings. And I found that reading Psalm 42 can be really helpful in those moments. And so I want to close today by reading Psalm 42 for you as a, like a closing prayer. So I'm going to read it out of my Bible from the NIV. And I encourage you to Um, close your eyes or read along on your own Bible, but let this just be something that washes over you as you consider your own challenges and you consider the people in your life that might be struggling with anxiety and depression. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, I say to my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info@gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.